Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Oh my goodness me! What a fantastic goal! What a goal! That is absolutely superb! Huge cheers go up around Emirates Stadium. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast for the week of the 5th of March 2018. I'm your host, Russell Hargreaves, and coming up on today's show, World Cup winners Per Mertesacker and Heather O'Reilly compare experiences. Harris in competition with Clarkie and Brain of Arsenal. We kick off by looking back at another double game week with our Arsenal Insider. Let's hear from another Arsenal Insider on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Well, the Daily Mirror's John Cross is our Arsenal insider. Delighted to say that Crossy joins us on the line now. Great to have you back on the show, mate. And let's be honest, nowhere to really sugarcoat it. It's been a pretty terrible week, hasn't it, with three defeats in basically seven days? Yeah, I, I do think um, it's left Arsenal sort of shell-shocked, really. The manager's shell-shocked, and the fans obviously distraught and very, very upset, and understandably so. I think, I think you know, the, the, the cup final defeat is bound to have an, a, a massive effect on confidence and belief, I do think, going into that game, they, Arsenal probably thought they had a chance, and um, the way it ended was so disappointing. I think it's it's it's, it's affected them mentally and confidence-wise. I thought the first half against Man City was was, was really poor. That you know, were better in the second half, and I was at Brighton yesterday, and it was again, it, it, it's difficult to understand how players of, of, of such sort of caliber and talent. Um, at the moment, complaining with such, such little confidence and belief, but but that does seem to me the, the, the issue. It's all about confidence and belief at the moment, and, and Arsenal are really struggling for it. I don't know how you can break this cycle because they are playing particularly poorly at the moment. And we'll go back to Thursday, first of all. John, we were both there at Emmett Stadium for that. I was in even colder surroundings than you, a couple of floors up on the TV gantry, and First few minutes, Arsenal actually played okay, didn't they? And it was when one well-worked goal went in that you really saw those heads drop to kind of back up your point. Yeah, I, I, I do actually think that sort of Mkhitaryan started quite well and sort of Ramsey had a, had a decent effort and Arsenal looked at as if they were determined to show some sort of reaction. And I just think that that move, that first goal, was delightful. And then Man City were excellent. And it just... I think it knocked the stuffing out of Arsenal because if you go behind with already fragile confidence, then I do think it's bound to affect 
your confidence sort of moving forward. And I think it's, um, it's a bit of an issue at the moment. They're just sort of trying to stop that cycle. But Arsenal defensively, Arsenal Wenger's sort of tried different ways to tie, try and tighten and change from the back three to, to tighten up the, the defence. And it doesn't seem to be working much, whichever system he's using at the moment. And you've got the players who need to have their own part of this issue taken care of. And then tactically, the managerial side of things, the coaching side as well. I guess everybody needs to play their part in somehow getting this righted. Yeah, I think it was interesting that basically, Lauren Cashelny speaking after the game, um, was, was quick to point out that um, I think, think the players need to, to take responsibility as well as the manager. I think ultimately, because Wenger is such a bigger head, then I do think so much of the criticism and so much of the discussion is about him and, and indeed his future. But at the moment, I do feel that the players sort of have to take that responsibility and have to have to take it on their shoulders as well and, and, and try and, you know, shoulder a, a share of the blame because at the moment, it just doesn't seem as if really the, the, the players, I think, are escaping a little bit, really. Um, and, I, you know, I'm not, not looking to sort of... Sort of lump all the blame on them but I do think at the moment Wenger is very happy to take that kind of or, or sort of willing to take that, that, that share of the blame simply because it, it shields the players a, a little bit at the moment but um, I do think the criticism is affecting everyone from, within the club and uh, it's hard isn't it when you lose four games in a row um, it's their worst run for 16 years I think it tests that confidence and you've suddenly got to rediscover a belief from somewhere. I think the other thing to take into account is they've obviously got new players now, Aubameyang and uh, Mkhitary, and it's not ideal to be bringing them into a team which is shorn of confidence. Um, and I think all these factors are sort of coming together and, and, and you wonder, really, whether they can do it, you know, whether they can sort of turn it round in time for, for AC Milan. And that's certainly, obviously, the, the last remaining hope for Arsenal fans this season. Finish with that game if we can in a moment, John. But before we do that, let's just focus on the Brighton game individually for one more question. You were there for that one as well. A game, again, obviously Arsenal lost, gave themselves a mountain to climb, but frustratingly, they weren't too far away from climbing it. Yeah, I, it, it obviously hit the post just before half-time. And I think uh, if Chris Jones deflected header had gone in, then it would have been obviously a very interesting second half. But um, Petr Cech, you know, credit to him, uh, but holding up his hands and saying, look, it's my fault on the two goals. Um, certainly, I think the second one would be very disappointed in the first one. When you come for a cross like that, you've got to get it, otherwise you're going to concede. And, Not um, alone in the second goal, we should say, though, John, either was he, though? Not alone in, in kind of being partly no, culpable? No, 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 he wasn't. I just admire the fact that he's basically taken that upon his shoulders. I think that shows character. I think that shows determination. I like the fact also that he went over to the the away end after the game. And I know that's probably not much consolation to, to some fans, but I like it. I think it's good that he sort of goes over, apologises, gave his shirt into the crowd. Um, and that, that seems to be his way of apologising for that sort of abject performance. Um, and I just think, you know, it takes some people to stand up and be counted, I think, to try and sort of um, buck the trend and try and get things moving again, because that is the biggest fear at the moment. That basically, you, you do begin to wonder, well, where on earth are we going to get the leaders from? Where are we going to get the characters from? And I think the fact that, that, that sort of Czech has done that, the fact that Koscielny has spoken up, 
I think is a good thing. And I think that basically you're looking for a few more leaders. That is the constant criticism for Arsenal, isn't it? A lack of leadership. And now at least um, two are sort of trying to show that they are determined to take that mantle on. Well, John, you mentioned him briefly before. Let's hear from the boss, Arsene Wenger, speaking post-match. We had uh, difficulty to get going and uh, I feel we suffered a lot physically in the first half. And uh, after that, uh, mentally as well, I believe that uh, the lack of confidence uh, linked with the physical aspect uh, made us lose some balls where we took advantage of it. And uh, overall, on top of that, we made some defensive mistakes. We took advantage of it as well. In the second half, it was all us, but uh, we lack a bit sharpness and freshness physically uh, to make the difference. We played at the moment, uh, too many games and were neg charged negatively on top of that because we lose them. So it's, uh, it's very difficult. Arsene Wenger there speaking after the Brighton game. And John, it is massive. AC Milan, last 16 first leg Europa League at the might of the San Siro on Thursday. For Wenger, for the players, it's that chance, isn't it, to make a statement and, and really go all out? Yeah, it is. And look, look one feature... Um, of Wenger's reign is that basically when the backs are up against the wall when he's really need, needed a result or you know the, the odds are stacked against somehow he gets his players to deliver and I think obviously that, that's what they'll be hoping this time I'm sure that um, a lot of people will be hoping um, you know for, for a real classic encounter I mean I'm sure that Arsenal were particularly <laughs> happy when, when their draw was made you couldn't ask for a, a tougher draw at this stage because Milan despite having a little bit of an indifferent season, these last few games are being, have been in very, very good form. So Arsenal have got to find some determination and you know um, resolution in their performances from somewhere. So I do think that this is a massive test for Arsenal and something that Arsenal really got to turn around very, very quickly. But it offers salvation because Arsenal, a club of their stature and size, always wants to be in the Champions League. So that offers a passport into their fingers. You know, recent record with silverware has been has been good, um, and you know I do think that you probably feel that he's unfinished business in in, in uh, European football as such. You know, because his sort of CV is, is, is sort of lacking that compared to the domestic success he's brought. But I do think everyone will be thinking, well, you know, where's the reaction going to come from? Sometimes I think in in the bigger games, that's where players will be inspired and. You cannot get a bigger occasion than that in the San Siro against AC Milan. And just it's a huge so, test for Arsenal. As I let you go, Cross, your word on it, tactically and personnel-wise, I wonder how Arsene Wenger treats the game, given the nature of the surroundings, the opponent, the situation at the club, and, and also who he'll have available. Yeah, I, I think it was interesting, wasn't it, that, that Aaron Ramsey didn't play. Um, my understanding of that situation was that basically he's still nursing him back from a little groin injury. I think he could have played... I think the feeling was that just to rest him, to be cautious and to, to make sure that he is fit and available for Thursday. So I think that will change. I thought it was interesting that Bellerin didn't start. So Bellerin could um, potentially come back in, I would have thought. Monreal um, is a little bit short, I think. Um, and, and, and obviously you have to make changes up front because Aubameyang unavailable. Um, so it would strike me that sort of Welbeck would, would, would start up front really and leave the line. Um, and maybe his sort of sub run out towards the end will just give him a little bit of freshness and crispness in his legs, which I think, with all due respect, in his last few performances, that's been lacking, really. John, as ever, thank you so much for coming on to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast and uh, look forward to chatting to you soon. Look forward to it.
the Arsenal club captain Per Mertesacker and Heather O'Reilly won the World Cup with Germany and the USA respectively. They've compared notes on those successes on the international stage. So, we're both World Cup winners. Yes. You won in 2014 and I won in 2015. How was that whole experience for you? After 10 years with the national team um, to win a World Cup in Brazil, it was an amazing journey, but it took, as I said, 10 years. How was it for you? Yeah, very, very similar. I think we both played in three World Cups, uh, and it took me until 2015 to win the World Cup, um, but it was amazing. Um, it had been a while since the U.S. team had won the World Cup. The last time was in 99, so I had a lot of success with uh, Olympics and a lot of other, you know, And you did it in Canada. Did it any, yeah. was it any, was it big, or was it meaningful for you to win it in Canada? It Is was, it? because it was, although it was like, in the finals in Vancouver, and it wasn't exactly the U.S., it almost felt as like it was a home uh, venue, yeah, because we had so many fans coming. Yeah, the crowds were definitely pro-U.S., so that was <laughs> massive. And the good thing is, is then the travel home for celebrations wasn't very far, <laughs> okay. so that was, that was helpful. That is a big advantage to ourselves because uh, we won it in Brazil, and yeah. never a team from you has never won something there in, in South America, so oh, yeah. it was difficult. We had our best game probably in the semis, where yeah. we beat Brazil 7-1. That was probably our best game. Oh, yes. and so we kind of deserved it. We, Not because one that we many people forget. We beat the home team, kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, Did you know after that result, like, it was yours, like, you were meant to win it? Not really. I think the <laughs> final was the most difficult game after that. Yeah. When you win 7-1, the expectations were like, oh, now you need to win it. And yeah. it was meant to be for us, yeah. because we had been so long waiting for a big trophy. Yeah. So our final was a, almost a similar scoreline as your semi-final. Yeah. We won 5-2 to two in the final, which was pretty insane. And one of my teammates, Carly Lloyd, scored a hat trick, one of them from midfield. So it was a very, very memorable result for, for all of us. And, uh, you know, we scored a lot of goals early on in the game. So we kind of felt like it was ours to win and we just sort of had to, had to you know, hold on to it. And I do remember... Sadly, in uh, 2011, we were very close to winning. We were in the final. We were ahead twice in the game, and they came back, and we lost some penalty kicks. So super devastating. But we went back into our locker room, and I'll never forget, they had prepared the locker room as if we were winning. winning. And mm. so the plastic was still, like, they had taken it, taken it down, but it was kind of still in the corner. And I, like, all of us saw it and felt it, and it was an awful feeling. But this time, to cover in the clothes, to cover the to clothes. Cover the clothes. We but, don't have that. We don't have that. But in 2015, when we got back, it, the plastic was still up, and we had good <laughs> celebrations. And obviously, coming home to the U.S. was amazing. We got calls from Barack Obama, who was president Ooh. at the time. I heard you had a special guest in your locker room as well. Yeah, after Angela Merkel, our counselor, came straight in, yeah. and. Uh, we know her from a couple of times before. Yeah. She used to be to this, come to the semi-finals, finals. So yeah. we've met, met her a couple of times, but uh, just supporting us, you know, as, as players was pretty awesome. I bet you can't beat this. That night after we got home, a bunch of us went on stage with Taylor Swift and danced and sang uh, like rock stars. Probably not. <laughs> You have to live that moment, you know, you cannot yeah. relive. You can't relive I, it. I, I won't probably because there was so much tension and nervousness yeah. throughout the whole yeah. uh, tournament. Oh, and yeah. obviously to go back to that final and think, uh, what could, it, could we have done better? Yeah. I think there's no way I would go back and yeah. 
relive that. I think that's always interesting. People always are like, did you have fun at the tournament? Or like, and I'm like, I wouldn't say fun <laughs> is the first word. You know, it is so, it's amazing. And it's like, it's such a high pressure. But fun maybe isn't the first word that comes to mind just because it is such a tense um, atmosphere and you're just so focused. And, um, but yeah, the fun definitely came after. That's for sure. Yeah, I think. We had, a, we had a great time as well as a team, that bonding, you know, at the end. Yeah. When you finally see the trophy in front of you, it's like, it's remarkable, you know? You can't put it into proper words. It's just, we had a great time together and you don't take that for granted. I think that's, that's really important. The Chalkboard with Adrian Clark. Adrian Clark joins me at the Chalkboard. Clark, it's not, as we've been discussing on the show, been a great few days for Arsenal, please. Please give me something to be optimistic about. That is your question on the chalkboard. Give you, give you a reason. Well, we can still win a trophy. It is simple as that. Um, the Europa League is on. We are not definitely out of the Champions League contention as yet. I think it's going to be a tall order. We're going to have to improve standards across the board quite dramatically. I think just to progress past Milan, but it's possible. And the other thing is, look, after the Ostersons and the, and the City defeats and, and, and a loss at Brighton, I th it, it won't get worse. It cannot get worse. I will, I, will, I will put my neck on the line and say it can't get worse than this. We, we will see an upturn before the end of the season and uh, we will be smiling again, I'm sure. And, and look, next season isn't too far off. <laughs> AC Milan, as we touched upon a bit earlier, to come in midweek. And then Watford is Arsenal's next Premier League game and they've had a very odd season. Odd, but... Really, when you look at the league table, not that bad. No. Um, I've been quite impressed with them, really. Again, they've changed their manager. Uh, Javi Grazia, knew, knew nothing about him, I'll be honest, when he came. But they've had some great results, particularly at home. Three wins on the bounce at Vicarage Road. And the away form has been more, more patchy, hasn't it? They're, every now and again, they just don't turn up, like when they played West Ham, I think, in their last away game. But uh, they're a dangerous side, Watford, because, as we know, here at Emirates Stadium, they have won here. In the, in the not-too-distant past. So I think they will come here and look to score goals. I think they will come with an attacking mindset and, and that makes them quite dangerous opponents, but it also sets, sets us up for a quite an entertaining game. How simple is it that Marco Silva started well, had his head turned by Everton, kind of lost his focus, got sacked, in came Javi Gracia and took it on. Is that that simple or is there more to it tactically in, in terms of what the new boss has done? Uh, I don't think he's done that much different, to be, to be perfectly honest. What he has done, he's restored Troy Dean. He is the focal point in the attack. Uh, that partnership between Dekure and Cleverly has been broken up. It's now Dekure and Capu. Um, he's messing around with the formation less. More of a 4-2-3-1 now. Um, I think there's a lot to like about Watford. I really do. I think a number of their players are in, in pretty good form. At the back as well, Mariapp has come in yeah. and done and, and excelled. He's not a player that I would have expected to be first choice. Uh, Hollibas is having a cracking campaign at left-back, creating loads of chances. Richarlison, okay, he's faded a bit in terms of his goal output. Still a terrific player. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. For me, they've got threats all over the pitch and they are a better team than the one we've just lost to in, in Brighton, in my opinion. Um, so this is it's a tricky game, this. And talking of losing to them, of course, when the result didn't go Arsenal's way earlier in the season, there were the Dini Cajones comments, and you can trace back a lot of Arsenal's away woes to that game. Mm, it wasn't good. Yeah, it wasn't good. Um, but I wouldn't pin pin the form on, on that game. It, yeah, Arsenal got a little bit slack. They were punished for it in the second half. I remember in the first half, they, they were in control of the game against Watford and then, and then they just took their foot off and Watford proved that, that they, could, they were good enough to hurt Arsenal and memories of that will still be quite fresh. Look, it's down to the Arsenal players to show real pride here and, and go back to basics and just r- realise that they need to be on their metal mentally to cope with any team and that includes the, the likes of Watford. I can guarantee that the following words will never, ever be uttered again in the world. I'm looking forward to it. Do cojones feature in your five-second team talk? Absolutely, they do. I'm I'm not saying anything. I'm pinning the quotes, the direct quotes. Not the cojones, the quotes. I'm pinning pinning Troy Deedy's quotes to the world. I'm saying he is not the only one. Everyone at the moment is queuing up to say that Troy Deeney is right. Go and show it that, that he's not right. Do it. There was an intensity of stare there at the end of that delivery from Adrian Clark, which actually put a little bit of the fear of God up me as well. I like it. Will he still have that stare, I wonder, in a moment after this? Reign of Arsenal. Well, the Arsenal Weekly podcast editor, I'm pleased to say, Liam Roberts, joins us for the Brain of Arsenal. Liam, I had a bit of a break from Brain of Arsenal last week. It was yeah, two weeks. Strange, felt like I'd lost a limb. See, two-week break, and still I got in early this morning and Adrian Clark's there revising at the last minute. <laughs> yeah, I was doing the same on the tube here, so I can't it is the, I must admit, I, I was happy to have a week off. It's, you know, it's just quite a commitment, you know, this brain of Arsenal business. It's week three for you as well, so we want to see if uh, someone can make it to week four for the first time. Let's see. Clarky, do you have the cojones to make it to week four? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I have the cojones. I, I just don't know if I have the knowledge. Just not the knowledge. Let, let, let's see. <laughs> so, um, it's your pick. Do you want to go first or second? Uh, uh, first, yeah. And you are answering questions on? The 1970-71 double winning season. Uh, it was an epic campaign. 
I, I just wanted to talk about happier times, uh, and we have done, haven't we? Indeed, so four questions. Week three, good luck. Okay, so thanks. question one, how many different goal scorers did we have in that season? Oh, that's a toughie. Um, yeah, I haven't, I, I didn't revise that. <laughs> uh, well, the thing is, the smaller squads back then, um, so I would hazard a guess that it was quite a small number. I will go for nine. Was it 11? Oh, okay, more than, more than I thought. Not yeah. bad. Question two, who was our first victory of the season against? I know it. Oh, in the league? Our first victory. Well, I'm, I'm going to I'm have to go with the league, and it, it, it was Manchester United at home, 4-0. Correct. Nice, nice. Good week, good week three. Good week three, there. Right. Got a bit of knowledge. Question three, who made up the top five at the end of the season oh. in the league? Oh, that's, that's Don't care about the order, just two made yeah, up. Yeah, look, again, I, I didn't really focus on that. Um, Liverpool. Yep. Leeds. Yep. Derby. Nope. Yeah, okay. It was ourselves, Leeds, Spurs, Wolves, and Liverpool. Yeah, I would never go Wolves. Yeah. <laughs> Sleeping Giants Tuffy. awakening again, finally. Tuffy. Yeah, this, um, that was a tough question. Question four. How many goals did we score in all competitions? Uh, you done me again. Oh, gutted. Angry at myself, Russ. Uh, how many goals did we score in all competitions? I would say we scored not that many. I'm going to go for 73. 104. <laughs> <laughs> Both your instincts. Getting to yeah. week three, it's been punished. Yeah, your instincts <laughs> on, your, uh, on your answer this week. Yeah, A little bit out. I wasn't really with it. One out of four. So, Russell Hargreaves. Close, week. it's going to be close. Yeah. <laughs> week one, after your last effort on a week one. No, it wasn't too bad. I got two and a half points out of four. Yeah. It wasn't terrible. But you're going to have to do... Uh, no, no, I don't have to, have to do better. Yeah, you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> get one and a half, you'll I be fine. I could do slightly yeah. worse. Um, and you'll be answering questions on. On the 2013 to 14, not FA Cup final specifically, but Arsenal's run throughout that FA Cup success. Yeah, so four questions starting now. Question one, how many games outside of London did we play on the run and the final? I've got a feeling it's none. Let me just work this out. So, home game, home game, home game, home game, Wembley, Wembley, not. Correct. Clarky knew that. I did know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I was trying not to make eye contact. <laughs> Who were our joint top scorers in the FA Cup with three goals each? There was three players who so scored three goals. Santi Cazorla. Correct. Lucas Podolski. Correct. And Olivier Giroud. Correct. To that too. Question three. How many goals did we score in the Cup? OK, and that's not including penalties in a penalty shootout. Not so including penalties. OK, so... 2-0. Followed by 4-0, so 6. Followed by 2-1-8. Followed by 4-1-12. 1 1 13, 3 2 16. Correct. <laughs> Question four. Focus today. <laughs> Flat track, week one bully. <laughs> Bang. He's back, he's back. Can you name one of the three players to play in all six games? Oh, that's a good question. Not so that's starting or coming on. So three players made six appearances in the cup. No, you didn't name one of them. Just name one of the three. This was week three, I'd be making you do all three. Mm. A good question. I'm going to say, I'm torn between two players. I'm going to either go Fabianski or Santi. Oh, I'm 
I'm so going to say the wrong one, aren't I? I'll go Santi. Correct, glad either. Okay. So Santi Cazorla, Lucas Fabianski, and Per Mertesacker. Right, four. Bravo. Needed that. I'll be awful. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So uh, you'll be on tweet two next week, Adrian. You need a new. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd had a good. I'd had to think about this before. I wasn't feeling massively confident. Yeah, look, everyone seems to forget the manager before uh, Arsene Wenger. He was pretty good to me. He gave me most of my first team appearances. So let's let's talk Bruce Rioch, um, his managerial career. Okay, so Bruce Rioch versus the 2014 FA Cup run. See, his time in charge of Bolton was just when I was kind of getting into football a bit, and really... Yeah, that, that me of, a hand, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he shakes his head. Nah. What are you going to say, Stuart Houston? <laughs> yeah, well, maybe he'll be next. <laughs> Clarky, when can we see or hear you again? Um, well, I'm going to be in the commentary box for what is going to be a really massive game. AC Milan against Arsenal. Thursday, 6pm kickoff. Don't miss it. The final word this week goes to the Bollywood superstar Ranveer Singh, who paid a visit to Emirates Stadium recently to take in a match day. The English Premier League started being broadcast in India and we were all just instantly hooked. You know, the pace of the game, the excitement, um, it was on another level. I was at a crossroads when the English Premier League uh, you know, started being broadcast and I started following the Premier League. Was it, I was either going to be a Chelsea fan or then an Arsenal fan. And my best friend was a, already an Arsenal fan, so I kind of gravitated towards the Gunners. And uh, some of the first uh, uh, memories of English Premier League football and being hooked onto it and watching it was the Invincibles era. You know, I had not seen football being played like that. I couldn't imagine that kind of three-dimensional sort of uh, play, you know. They were truly playing like an invincible team. I was just, I fell in love with Arsenal at the time. So being here at the Emirates Stadium today, my first time here, uh, is an incredible feeling. Uh, I have to admit, I'm a little bit emotional. Uh, you know, I have such, such love for the team and such love for English Premier League football. It's a huge deal for me, uh, being selected as the first brand ambassador of the Premier League in India. I feel a, 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 a deep sense of achievement. It's a big deal for me, an honour, a privilege. And uh, my feelings right now are pretty, pretty indescribable. It's a huge part of my life. Um, my best friends and I are on a WhatsApp group and we chat all day through the week, Monday to Friday, about football. Premier League football actually binds us together. Um, and come the weekend, we're all either hanging out in front of the television screen or if I'm at work, I, uh, our, the Premier League's uh, broadcast partner, Star Sports in India, has a new app on the phone, Hotstar. You can actually watch live matches. So in between shots, if I'm shooting, I'm like, they're like, action, and I do my bit and cut, and I'm boom. I'm on the phone, checking it out, what's going on. Oh, ready? Yeah, just give me a second. Uh, just watching. So I'm, I'm, like, I'm like that. I'm fiendish about my weekend football. You know, an international break comes around. I can't handle it. I was like, I need my fix, you know? It was in Mumbai, and I knew that Thierry Henry was in town and I didn't think I could make it because this I had made this commitment earlier and I was a bit shattered uh, I was like man my heroes in in my hometown not gonna be able to see him but I landed in time we flew across town and I entered and I was literally almost in tears when I lay eyes on him because you've seen this person he's been a hero 
an idol. You've admired him all your life. You have such emotion attached to his achievements. To see him in the flesh was, I don't know what happened to me. I was a bit overwhelmed. He met us with such kindness, such open-heartedness, such grace. He made me feel so special that the emotion, the sentiments that I had for him and towards him actually meant something. He made me feel that way. He made me feel special. And that's why he is the king. Well, that's full time on this week's show. Our thanks to Pam Mertesacker and Heather O'Reilly, plus to John Cross and to Adrian Clark for their contributions today. We'd like to know how we're doing in the podcast, so please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. You can subscribe as well, and also find us on Acast these days. Remembering also to get your questions into Clarky for the chalkboard on Twitter using the hashtag ArsenalWeekly. We're back first thing on Monday, the 12th of March. Don't forget Arsenal Weekly Podcast Stories is also currently available. We get the full story of Amy Lawrence's brilliant 89 film. We'll hear from Amy and executive producer Lee Dixon, as well as a host of players, celebrities and coaches all connected to that famous night. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.